right, welcome to VG Empire. This is Brett Elston, your host, and with me are two very special guests. Me? You, with the name of... <laughs> it's Carolyn Goodmanson. Hi, Hi. Your, first, your first games music yeah, podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, mm-hmm. Please look forward to it. And Henry? Uh, it's me, Henry Gilbert. I'm here again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this episode is uh, at Carolyn's request, kind of. Uh-huh. To a degree, um, all about NIS RPGs. Mm. NIS America, the company that brings over yeah. really good stuff from Japan that we get to play. And actually, one of the first uh, companies that, on a personal level, that I got to know the people there mm-hmm. uh, back in the early days of GAMS journalism for me. The NIS team was super nice. Uh, yeah, they're so really cool. They were people. always very accommodating and really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, the song Bring Us In, Town Where the Bells Chime, mm. is one of my absolute favorite songs, probably from games in the last like. 10 years, maybe? Uh, it's from Atelier Iris. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. At- Atelier, as I called it the first year that I saw it. <laughs> is that, seriously, At- Atelier? Atelier yeah. Is that French? Yeah. For hmm. the Atelier? <laughs> well, the, uh, also, NIS stands for Nipponichi Software, uh-huh. and that means what, Japan won, first Japan? Or yeah, something? like yeah. Japan first or something like that. But that's not French. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so Atelier Iris uh, was actually it first came out here in 2005 in the in the, in the U.S. Uh, for PS2, but it's part of a long going series that had just never come over. Uh, they'd been on like I guess the late 90s on PS1, hmm. PS2, and then finally that that game that finally came over, Atelier Iris Eternal Mana. I remember seeing it in a magazine and just like a tiny tiny screenshot at the bottom of like Game Now or something. Some magazine doesn't even <laughs> exist anymore, and thinking. Well, it's like sprites. It looks like a Super NES yeah. game. It just looks like big chunky sprites on PS2 hardware power. It actually sounds really fun. I like, and then I realized I haven't played a game like that in years. Mm. Um, like GBA had a lot of that stuff going for it, but like a console mm. JRPG with sprites and like that Super NES style of of approaching a game. I need to check this out if nothing else. Bought it and absolutely loved it. Like, and that music that comes in—that's indicative of everything in that series. With as in terms of music, it's like super sincere. It's super video gamey, and it's just like it's if a Super NES RPG were made today, that kind of thing. And now there's so many of them, it's hard to keep track of which one yeah. is which. And I've kind of fallen off the wagon. But Atelier Iris One and Two are really good, like classic RPGs in the, in that in the good sense. Not like there's a lot of cliches, but they're done knowingly, mm-hmm. and it's not even trying to lampoon it or make fun of it. It's just like no, it's just the way I want to make a game. Um, but yeah, the uh, composer is uh, Ken Nakagawa, and he started with, as far as I can tell, the Atelier series. Mm. Um, but he also went on to do uh, Monokamiya and mm. Arts and Elico, which we'll get to a little later. But uh, yeah, there, his style is very similar across all three of these games. It's always this very fun, flighty yeah. kind of sound. And it has a lot of, I can't name the instruments, but that it always sounds like a uh, French kind of storefront music or... Right. This, uh, what is that? Um, really, I wish I'd taken any music classes. It's like a woodwindy kind of vibe. Yes. Yeah. And there's on. that, what's that thing with like, yeah, that, like, like a, that, like, scraping? It's not like a xylophone or yeah, well, There's like, like xylophone, but there's like, yeah, yeah, washboard. Yeah, washboard thing like yeah. that. That, that thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of that in there. <laughs> well, I'm a college graduate. <laughs> <laughs> or it reminds me of kind of like the small town feel you get musically from like a Miyazaki film. Yeah. A little like, bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, th- yeah, this game specifically, Ken Nakagawa, uh, Daisuke Achiwa, and also did Cross Edge, um, mm-hmm. which I didn't play, but I know you oh, weren't man. a big, you weren't a big <laughs> fan. Oh, man. But Cross Edge is this... would have loved Cross Edge to be good. Cross <laughs> Edge is the weirdest ga- game that like maybe <laughs> ever happened. Like 
uh, well, it's probably Hyperdimension Neptunia, maybe one of the yeah, weirdest. Yeah. But like, they're as fa- very similar. Similar. As far as like regards, Cross yeah. Edge is like what Disgaea crossed with Darkstalkers, Darkstalkers. crossed with Artanelico and Atelier Iris. I think. Yeah, it's and like, like all the developers all worked on. It. Yeah, and yeah. so it's got like Felicia and Morgan and Dimitri yeah, so and weird. Etna, like Etna, and Etna from yeah. Disgaea. It's just like whoa. It, was so, it seemed like they just like went to Capcom on a good day and were just like, <laughs> "Hey, you guys aren't using Darkstalkers then this year at least. Yeah. Could we?" Can we do something? Maybe? Sure. It had beautiful yeah, right. sprite art. Oh, it's Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But the rest of the game was a huge, as my mom would say, it was a dog's breakfast. Dog's breakfast. <laughs> a dog's? Well, I'd never heard this. Yeah, I've not yeah. heard this till your mom said it, apparently. Yeah. Hmm. Um, dog's breakfast. That's a dog's breakfast. <laughs> uh, yeah, Town Where the Bells Chime, the song that brought us in, is so happy and just makes me get... It's such a specific place, like... If you wanted to feel what it was like to have played a Super NES game in like mm. 92, 93, when JRPGs were, I would say, at their height, mm-hmm. um, there's still plenty of great ones, but like that time period where like there was like two knockout ones a year, and they would be games that you'd play for 60 hours, and you would talk about them for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Now you're lucky to get one that you stick around with for a month, and maybe you'll play again ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, blah, blah, blah. Moving on to some other songs from the first Atelier Iris is... Uh, t- Tree, tree Spirit in the Mist, which uh, it's a totally different kind of style. It's not as festive as the last one, but it's still keeping that same style that Nakagawa uses. Mm-hmm. So like this, it, it helps reinforce the idea of this whole soundtrack and he, that this artist has a style and that he can apply it in different ways to be spooky or or fun, or but it always still sounds like Ken Nakagawa. It's a very indicify, indicify? In, uh, indicative. Indicative is the is the idea I want to convey here. Indicate. Indicate. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Moving on, Wind Over Time. And uh, Wind Over Time is a song that's basically like if there was a Super NES Firefly RPG. Oh. This would be with like, you know, like 56 color pictures of Malcolm Reynolds with text boxes underneath them. (laughs) This is a song that would be in that game. We'll do those two songs and come right back.
everybody. It's Matilier. Isn't that nice? You wanted to say something. Oh, I just I forgot about Monokamiya until you mentioned it. Yeah, I, I re- really enjoyed that game. I reviewed the first one. I didn't. It was kind uh, of. There were so many of them coming in a row where it was like Iris, yeah. Artanelico, Monokamiya, and then PSP versions, and then New Disguise, and I'm like, aye, 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 aye. yeah. On top of all the other niche RPGs that were, yeah, like, on top of all the ease games I'm trying to play, I've only yeah. got so many hours. Uh, we were all like complaining about there not being a Disgaea for PS3, and then like ever since like NIS made the jump into publishing PS3 games, yeah. like I can't. There's too many. Like even in the Atelier series, like Tatori, Maruru, Maruru, like a- a- Annie for yeah, for Annie DS. For DS. And one thing. Uh, speaking of Atelier games, one thing I did like it wasn't worth playing them all in the breaks uh, for music, but one thing I did like that uh, Iris did was. Uh, shopping music inside of each area like there's a similar music uh like there's always town music which in, we heard earlier mm-hmm. but uh there's also when you're walking around the town looking for things to buy and you the whole bit with the whole atelier iris se- or atelier series in general is alchemy which mm-hmm. extends even into arsenelico and monokamiya it's all get cards mix them together get different results and make new items power up your weapons it's it's a fun system for sure mm-hmm. Um, but when you're going around doing all that, each area has that has music for that, but they're all different. <laughs> well, they're the same. So, like this one is uh, in an area that's all snowy. That's that's the sound I was talking about. But. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so here's the tune. Walking around a snowy street. Buying goods. Sundries. Sundries. Cut ahead here. Yeah. Now you go to another town. Oh, it's the same song. I bet it's the same. I don't know. It's just slightly different. So it's the same song, but slightly different. Sword and the way oh. all the Yes. Yeah. Moving ahead. Yeah, I get that same part every time. <laughs> and another area. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. I like this one. But yes, yeah, just a really. Uh, it's just such a an endearing game because you can tell the people that make it care, mm-hmm. and they want to keep making that kind of game. So it's very fun to play. So you get this. And normally I don't even like crafting that much. I find it tedious, but Yeah, you know. yeah, generally I'm like, yeah. oh, just give me the weapon. I don't want to do three other steps to get the weapon. But <laughs> the way it works in those games is actually pretty fun. Moving on to the next uh, couple of songs is Popo's Pleasant Money Lecture, <laughs> which must be the most literal translation. Uh, but the reason I want to play that is uh, it's basically tutorial music. It's anytime you learn a new ability, uh, this pop- guy Popo shows up not Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball. Henry. Yeah, I know that's what you were thinking. I know it's it's, too, it's so hard not to think I know about you, Mr. Popo. I know you too well. Uh, it must be should... hard to own a Mr. Popo toy and Gee. not look like a total racist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's let's leave Mr. Popo out of this. Actually, <laughs> edit, edit, edit. Uh, he comes up and says, "Like, here's how you use this," and this music plays, and it's it has to be like intentionally done to sound like like beach resort elevator music. That's just so like infomercial. Buy this stuff and like getting a tutorial with this music seems very fitting. And mm-hmm. I uh, even though it's music you hear a lot, it just it's so again so pleasant to hear. 
And then uh, after that is Lakeside, which is like just like straight up dentist office music, like Muzak kind of thing. But it's the kind of stuff that uh, if you just add a vocalist, like put Boys to Men or Rod Stewart over the top of it and <laughs> sing over the song, it'd be a top 40 hit tomorrow. Like it just has that, that, that basic hook at the bottom and just add, I knew we were together. And then song, <laughs> top 40. I wrote your chorus. Like we're almost done. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I went to Lakeside Junior High. Really? Oh, so maybe this is your uh, high school theme song. That <laughs> yeah. sounds like a sitcom. Uh... Lakeside. Yeah, it sounds too fake. It does. Yeah. Was there a lake in Arkansas? The, this was in Florida. Florida. Okay, well, you're in the swamp, basically. It wasn't really a lake, though. It yeah, is that a man-made pond? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> they just called it. Everything was Lakeside. <laughs> <laughs> the lake of the Atlantic. Everything is Lakeside. Yeah. So yeah, we'll do uh, Popo's Pleasant Money Lecture, and then Lakeside, and then we'll come back.
Actually, upon hearing it now, it's more of a UB40 song now that I think about it. <laughs> UB40, or it sounds like Elton John from the mm. day. Or it sounds like the the ballady versions of the songs you'd hear at the end of a Disney film. Yeah, it like, sounds like I keep getting Lion King soundtrack vibe yeah. from it. Like just throw Elton John over. The we even did you see? Did either of you see Princess and the Frog? No, I keep meaning to. Well, at the end of Princess and the Frog, they still have a, like the same kind of ballady Disney mm-hmm. ending type song over the end of it too, which like tune wise almost sounds like that. Like. Uh, you should see Prince. I think it's yeah, on Netflix. I want it's it really to. Great. Yeah. It's it's it, yeah. First step, I need to have seen Lion King. Oh. Yeah, that drives me crazy. Uh, and I still haven't seen Aladdin either. There was that I realize I'm a huge outlier and super weird for that, but we were watching yeah. that one episode of Doctor Who, and the doctor made this amazing Lion King quote, and I was like falling over, having a seizure over it, and you were just like, "What?" <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, I, "Oh my god, you haven't seen the Lion King?" I yeah, it's, they just re-released it on the Blu-ray. I, I, I have, I still have Chris's Blu-ray. <laughs> I've been borrowing it. For since like December. Well, you owe you owe him a borrowing anyway. Well, yeah, so. he had my next gen season one for over a year, maybe two. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. So, but yeah, I should probably watch those movies. I've seen Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and then I got to an age where I'm like, I don't want to go see those movies in the theater. And then the next one I saw was Tarzan because I haven't seen Tarzan. Tarzan's good. I Tarzan's really, really good, good, but Aladdin and Lion King. Well, yeah, it's not mm-hmm. the same. I get that it's not the same league at all, but I mean, mm-hmm. I thought Tarzan was pretty good. You know what else has good music? Mm-hmm. Tilly Iris too. Yes. Nice. Uh, the Azoth of Destiny, which is the beginning of crazy. just these really <laughs> just not great subtitles. Like yeah. Ease, yeah. Ease does this too, where you're like, yeah, do you want to sell any in the US? <laughs> Maybe don't call it the blank of destiny when that word doesn't exist. Well, because that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Azoth <laughs> is a word, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it? Uh, well, Atlas went way crazier. I, I reviewed. Um, Shimigami Tensei, oh, Devil yeah. Summoner 2, and then it was two different characters' names versus each other. Like, oh, oh so, wait, I reviewed that. Yeah, Devil, no, well, I reviewed I Devil did it for Summoner 2. Oh, I did it and, for Piton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Ra- Raiden Kuzunoha versus, versus King Kamehameha or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't so, know. Uh, you know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. all the Mega Man yeah. Star Force stuff of Zerker versus Sauron versus yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Professor Xavier. <laughs> You're taking me off track, Henry. Sorry. How dare you? Uh, until, so yeah, a couple, I guess uh, just about a year later, Atelier Iris Two comes out, and again, yeah, as off of Destiny, not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes "of" is the only word that I understand in the subtitle. Yes, uh, what's the new Artanelico? Uh, Koga uh, Nelavarcial. Where was a word? <laughs> Al- called, Ar- it's like yeah. Artanel- Artanelico already. What? Mm-hmm. Koga, which is Q U O G A. Yeah. Colon. Yeah. What? Nell of RCL. No. Wow, it's funny that whenever you, like so many other PLA, uh, companies are trying to be just more inviting to the West, they're yeah. just like, "No, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're going to, as niche as possible." That's what, again. That's why I'm like, "Go for it!" Like yeah. the same thing with the Ease games, Oath and Felgana. Wow, <laughs> what Ark of Napishtim? Yeah, Napishtim. What? So yeah, uh, but Iris Two is I actually ended up reviewing. It was the uh, the first one I had just played before I got in the games industry. Enjoyed it. Thought it was a great game. The second one I actually reviewed and uh, was. Very pleased that it was just as fun. Really good characters, great music. Same uh, Ken Nakagawa, same exact same style. But I just picked a few songs uh, to play from that. Uh, the first one is "At the Murmuring Brook," uh, which continues the first st- uh, style from the first game. I don't remember where it was from in the game because at this point I've just been listening to the soundtrack for the last three years, and this was in 06, so it's been a while. It's been wow. about five years since I yeah. did this. 
um, when I was living by myself in a studio apartment with no windows. Uh, that sounds so depressing. Yes, you want to think about the highlight of uh, games journalism. Yeah. Sitting in a studio apartment in a town you don't know by yourself reviewing a PS2 RPG. That's <laughs> no windows. With no windows. No, no windows. windows is the worst. No windows. Like, yeah. At least my studio apartment and, has windows. And I open the door and it's bedroom. I'm already in my bedroom. Yeah. Like you open yeah. your door at yeah. home. Oh. <laughs> I, I would sometimes spend a weekend just hanging out in my bathroom because it was a different room. Yep. And yep. I'd just like shut the door and just be like, party in my, my bathroom. Like like bring an emulator on a computer and yeah. just sit in there and play something. Just do anything but not be in that same room. Anyway, oh, at the Murmuring Brook, uh, after that, is that kid's shop is thriving? Question <laughs> mark. Uh, which is like a PA, player piano Western song to me of just like you walk in and everyone stops. <laughs> and looks at you, um, but it has all these weird squeaks, and it sounds like puzzle bobble, bust a move music. Yet it's also like shopping. It's really weird. And then uh, we'll do Blazing Earth, which is very close to Ease music, running around this overworld area, uh, which is you're gonna guess is on fire. And uh, and then Exploration at the Beach, which I remember hearing this song while I was doing the review, and this was the song when I was playing it, where I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I like this soundtrack. This is good stuff. That's the first song I remember sticking out in my mind, and I'm like, okay, yes, I can put this in the book. I like this as much as the first one. Uh, so those four songs, uh, Murmuring Brook, Kid Shop is Thriving, Blazing Earth, Exploration at the Beach, and then uh, we'll continue.
you were saying something about like the harmonica sounding, like this yeah. echo, the echoey, uh, throaty thing going on in there. Mm-hmm. It's like a constant instrument in, yeah. in all those tracks, yeah. it seems. But I like just how each of those, like, again, this is something that I bring up a lot, but like that the fire one, they had the default, like, fire sound of the <laughs> wow, like, anytime there's a desert, you probably have someone, I, like, they can't, they can't, <laughs> they can't not, like, trailers and movie shows are the worst with this stuff. It's like, I don't know, the West only gets to the desert if somebody's chanting. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with game music. That's not uncommon, but then also, um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think Ocarina of Time even has that in the yeah. Fire Temple. Yeah. Well, and, and like most Mario desert yeah. stages oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Same deal. Like the, um, that music doesn't have to be like yeah. you can play any musical instrument you want to be the desert. But yeah, that's just the soul. That's the sound of the desert to me. <laughs> And I then like, uh, the uh, what's oh it? the kid shop is thriving made me want to squeeze something. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> infectious. Just uh, and then shopping like looking at a menu for minutes at a time with that song looping, <laughs> and then you realize so, I have to get out of this room. So weird. And then uh, exploration at the beach I liked because uh, yeah it goes like the calypso steel drum, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's very mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. And that brings us to uh, well I didn't there's Artanelico or there's Atelier yeah. Irish three and I. That's the first one I didn't review or really play much of. I did a preview of it, so I played like the first bit. Mm-hmm. It changed things up where like you were doing, you had missions, and there was like you were on, like a hunter and like going on. You'd go to a billboard for missions to go on, and uh, it was recycling a lot of the same sprites again. So you're fighting a lot of the same enemies, like literally the same enemies, mm-hmm. like not even recolored, like the same enemy. And uh, yeah, that's when the game's journalism thing just started to snowball, and like you can't spend any time. Yeah. With a game that you, it's like, oh, I'm not reviewing it. Okay, well then I'm probably not playing it. Yeah, it's sad when that kind of, when work kind of can get in the way yeah. of that. Um, but then, so the next thing that did grab my eye was Artanelico, which came out not too, actually pretty close, I think, to uh, Atelier Iris Three. Mm. It's the same team. It's the Gust Sound team doing the music. So Ken Nakagawa again, and uh, yeah, it's really good stuff. But it's basically like if Iris is like the fantasy one, then Artanelico is like the exact same game, only sci-fi. Mm-hmm. With a lot of extra weird stuff in there. Was it in like yeah. the future or space? Well, Carolyn's expert on this. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're both experts in Artinelico. Artinelico, it's a very. Uh, see, I don't like Moe, but Artinelico <laughs> is extremely Moe extremely. and it does it right. Like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, it's pretty jokey with itself. It's, like, yeah. the bit is. It's RPG battles, like, you know, turn-based, but the battle system is actually really cool in that there's a meter at the bottom, mm-hmm. and the more damage either side deals, it, like, pushes the flow of the battle back and forth. You want to get one side of the meter and the other side of the meter to meet in the middle, and based on how you're doing, you know, various things affect that meter. But then mm-hmm. you have, like, you know, your people in your party, but then the main characters that the game kind of revolves around are the Ravitales. Ravitales, yeah. And they're singers. They're, like... It's song magic. They're basically they're, like magical girls. And they're like singing, singing is their is how they cast their. So they're like magic. idols too. Yeah. Uh, like from Idol Master. Really. Not yeah, really. Well, just the, the Japanese fame. definition well, of like pop idol singers. Like that's uh, well, they're like in the I game. They're like a, created to interact with the giant computer terminal, and yeah. they do that by singing magic or something. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really that's just like cool. it's like you just accept that. Yeah, it's but, not super poppy or anything. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. All but yeah. It's, as a result, the game is very music heavy. So a lot of the game music has lyrics in it, which I generally just kind of shy away from because mm-hmm. it's not what I want to do with my game music. Um, That's but, different for me. Like lyrics, I remember game music with lyrics very well. Like, yeah. Uh, 
But Artanelco does one of the best jobs for like a non-rhythm game of of weaving the music in with the actual gameplay. Yeah. And um and like there's even like a whole like language going on in Artanelco, you know, where they they sing songs with like weird words and stuff uh, that are like Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, the theme song, I don't know if I think it's just Japanese, but then there's some chanting in it. They throw some stuff in there. Yeah, there's some yeah. chanting in it that's some like this really made up language. Cool chanting. And Artanelco too, if I may, also the battle system was totally different in, in two where there was like an offensive phase that you would go through and then a defensive phase. And the defensive phase was actually like a rhythm game that went along with the music where you oh, have to cool. hit timed counters. Yeah, I didn't play two. Yeah. And it was like, one, yeah. And it was like super cool that there was just like, just a mini rhythm game that was really great mm-hmm. in this RPG. And it's like such a perfect like defense system to like, you know, time your counters. Yeah. I don't know. It was. Really yeah. I thought good. the first one was good with it too. But Artanelco also wasn't filled with a lot of like sexual innuendo. And it's pretty. Uh, I'm glad yeah. you asked Henry because, uh, yeah. So the bit, uh, <laughs> is like, there's the main character. I forgot his name. Lore. Le- I don't remember his name. Blonde Knight dude in knight's armor whatever yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but arika and Shmisha Misha. are the two main ravitels that you uh, uh the your... only ones you see in ads because yeah. i didn't even know there yeah. was dude the main character in yeah. it like yeah. Yeah. nobody remembers two. the dude because it's all about the laurel thing. lloyd something like that lloyd sounds right um yeah <laughs> something like that but yeah so the bit is like the ravitels are like created to be weapons slash interact with this grand computer's tower thing that holds everything in place in this floating city or whatever it is. It's been like six years, so I don't remember the details of the story very well. Then it introduces this whole other thing with these graph node crystals that you insert into them (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they... Well, yeah, because they're kind of like cyborgs and they need a power source. Yeah, but it's also like you put that in to get access to their insides and then you... To their... uh, Their cosmosphere. Cosmosphere, Which is where you get in a dialogue with them and try to talk them basically into sleeping with you. So then it like becomes it, a dating sim. Yeah, it's a dating sim. But only, no. it, only it never really says dating sim. It, it's like well, you have to become closer t- to them because the closer the vanguard is to yes. the Ravetail, yes. mm-hmm. the p- more powerful her song ma- song magic becomes. Exactly. So, <laughs> so wow. it levels it levels up your song magic. Yeah, but you have to like poke around basically in this like visual representation of their subconscious and ask them all these personal questions while they slowly open up to you, and then when you get far enough, they gain a level. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, but here's here's a discussion uh, when they're talking. This is oh God. this is I've got two different videos. I hope they both load. Here we go. Insert it into my back, like this. I got it. Here goes. Uh, uh, ouch. Uh, Orca. It's okay. Push it all the way. Hey. Wow. Keep in mind the uh, Jack in the Box music going on in the background. (laughs) It's in all the way. But like, no, honestly, though, because like, I hate that kind of stuff. You know me. Right. Mm -hmm. And just hearing that out of context, it sounds terrible. But when you actually play the game, it sets it up for a long time. Yeah. And like in two, 
like I actually like getting like to know Luca and Cloche were like two of the coolest characters like of all time. And yes, you take baths with them to level up their, <laughs> their yes. other stuff. The, but well, the fact there's an Artanel, the, Artanelico yeah. body pillow that we had. Yeah, that's the exact audience they're going for. Yeah, and here's mm-hmm. another video of. But it's uh, not. It's not creepy though when you actually play. It's not it. creepy. Like I hate that. You know, I hate that stuff. But like, yeah. really, they're like, the story in two is amazing. His name is Liner. Liner. Yeah, like liner notes with a Y. Yeah, so who did you pick in one? I guess Misha. Misha yeah. Misha, yeah, I like Misha too. You don't really like I mean, I forget how it was in one, but in two you just you pick a you have to pick a side pretty early on and mm. it just shows you their their character arc um mm. you know, a little bit more but I I'm in two like Lady Cloche all the way. I like so much mm. preferred Lady Cloche. Luca was okay, but Well, so well, one look well, isn't one a bit younger looking than the other? Is um, that the in difference? two, they are the same age. Okay. Uh, they all it's, look like they're supposed to be 15 years old. Uh, well, I mean, 15 is probably reasonable. That's but about yeah. what they're all supposed to be. Yeah. Well, but one like has... Well, they seem to like fulfill different anime yeah, tropes. Yeah, well, like, like in two, Luca is like your childhood friend. Mm-hmm. And then Lady Cloche is like the stuck-up princess. But Lady Cloche is so much cooler. Than but also Luca. one has like a bigger chest. Than no, the they have the ones, same right? chest. They have oh, really? the same, yeah. They oh, do okay. actually. Their body types are pretty much yeah, the same. Yeah, it's basically it's like uh, one of you likes yeah. blonde, one of you likes brunette. Yeah, uh, they're okay. blonde and brunette, yeah, for sure. Um, so going into the music of it... Uh, Again, similar to Atelier Iris, but I just think it, the whole thing has a little less, like I said, a little less fantasy vibe, but a little bit more sci-fi vibe, but the general mm-hmm. structure is similar. Um, the first song, Melodies of a Requiem, which is just like, <laughs> just throw your buzzwords. That words. could be any, yeah. Well, same as like Men of Valor, Men Call of, Valor. of Duty, same <laughs> yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, this just kind of set the stage for Artanelico music in general. It's Most of it's like a computer talking slutty to you with this like... <laughs> raspy uh, 1-900 number voice kind of just like <laughs> humming things at you. Uh, and then that next is uh, Over the Hardships, which I just like uh, the pian- the hard piano keys in it are a lot of fun. And then Scars, which I think is the music when you're ex- exploring Misha's uh, Cosmosphere. And just the fact it's called Scars and you're exploring <laughs> her mind and she's sad and she sees you in her mind and runs away. Yeah. And this little protector familiar girl on a flute shows up. I'm protecting her who are you you're not welcome here <laughs> wow yeah so yeah and then uh so we'll do those and uh be back
I dare say this is bordering on classy. Sounds like an opera. Mm. Yeah. This is cultured. Like an 8-bit opera. An 8-bit opera. Yeah, and... Uh, it's like a Casio opera. <laughs> yeah. Artanelica 1 and 2 on PS2 are also some of the best-looking games. Like, they just look gorgeous. They're really pretty, I yeah. really, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's using sprites really well. Yeah, just the best kind of sprite art, like... It seemed like you could only get a, like... Um, I think Sony almost had, like, an, an embargo on sprite art on the PS2. Like, they wanted... Uh, in the get... early days of the PS1, they were very specifically against 2D games, period. Mm-hmm. And sprites, especially. And uh, it was like, yeah, 3D everything, polygons. We have to make this... And to their credit, like, Sony very successfully marketed that in the U.S. to be like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, games aren't for kids anymore. It's not that Mario stuff you remember. This is all really cool. And, like, all the commercials are going to show cutscenes and, like... Even when you get to the Final Fantasy VII being advertised in prime time, like the weirdest thing is like NBC Thursday night must see TV thing mm-hmm. when it was all at its height with Seinfeld and Friends right. and well, I don't know what else was in that Will lineup. ER. What? Will and Grace came later. Later. Well, anyway, I know it's you know. But yeah, like seeing Final Fantasy VII and Eight advertised yeah. during those very like expensive slots and mm-hmm. it's like just cut scenes and it's like, yeah, millions of people just saw that. Yeah. And like that's how big. Sony got games to be to a main, main, mainstream audience. Um, it did seem like, but you know, on the PS1 and the PS2, like late in the game, when Sony didn't care as much. They like, both acquiesced to. Like, yeah, like companies like, I, I remember late PS1 games too got to be more like, um, like just strategy games got to come there a lot more. Yeah. You know? And I remember, uh, so, I mean, famously, Symphony of the Night was kind of an uphill battle mm-hmm. for Konami because they were. So sad, we SC- almost S- didn't get it. Because like SCA was like, sprites. Don't you have a 3D Castlevania? Yes, eventually no one will buy it. Even though I like Lament of Innocence, deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So moving on, it's NIS to a sense, but Disgaea, which even though the first Disgaea was brought over by Atlas in 2003, Disgaea 2 was NIS, then NIS has ever since been part of the printies and... Uh, all that good stuff. And speaking well, of printies, mm. uh, we have a crap ton of printies. Oh, right. All of a sudden. So, uh, ac- accumulated over the years. So, if you like printies, dude, you should totes go to vgempire.com and comment on this page. You're giving away printies? A lot of printies. Uh, a printy army. A printy army. So My I'm, goodness. I'm going to put the, I'm going to take a picture and like put it in there for like uh, a different, various assortments. And then like, you know, just comment, uh, I don't know. Just comment that you want the printies. <laughs> I I can't think of a comment. Wow, you guys are so lucky. You listeners are so lucky. Yeah, that they're giving these away. Lots these of printies. So basically, printies. The, the bit with these printies is every year NIS would have a party mm-hmm. uh, to show off their new games, and every year there would be a new kind of printy uh, plush, and mm-hmm. every year just add it to the pile. And because uh, at first it was like, wow, I have a printy. I have two printies. I got three printies. <laughs> I got seven printies. Well, my favorite printie is that uh, well, the only one I own. It's the Laharl printie. Oh, I love yeah, the Laharl printie with the po- posable scarf. Posable yeah. head, or head ears, ears, uh, antenna sorry. thing. Yeah, yeah. Ears. There's uh, also the scarf one. Who's yeah? The, the scarf hero. one is from yeah. Uh, printie. The the, can I really be the hero? Can I really be yeah. the hero That's how you yeah. tell the difference. Is because that printie is wearing. And by the way, printies. If you've seen just the art and have not wondered, always wondered what the hell is a printie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like tortured souls working yeah. off their death, <laughs> and they're penguins with with peg legs yep. that yeah. are that will blow up if you throw them. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a recurring thing. And they're just so funny because they're so and, disposable. They're so disposable, so and they, but they're them, so but... happy about it. And then mm-hmm. Etna, the three thousand year old girl with the body of a ten year old, she's the queen of the pretties. She's the queen of the pretties. She commands the pretties. Um, and I, I don't remember her exact age, but it's totally that she's thing like where she's three hundred eighty something. She's very yeah. old. But you know what? She's very sensitive about her small chest. About her small chest, she <laughs> is. <laughs> Don't make fun the of fact her. that she would the fact that after hundreds or thousands of years you would have any modesty left <laughs> yeah. is like mm-hmm. how is this not gone? You're immortal. Um, so this is not uh, uh, this is a different sound. This is Tenpei Tenpei Sato, who uh, before this was on Rhapsody, mm-hmm. um, went on to do stuff like La Pucelle and Phantom Brave, basically those kinds of mm-hmm. similar strategy RPGs. Um, again, lots of lyrics in the song. So like La Harl's theme, which is the first thing I'll play, which is Lord La Harl's hymn. Uh, which the pace and structure of this song sound exactly like This Is Halloween from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I like, love that song. It's a great song. and uh, But it's a song about how tough and evil Laharl is. And then, of course, you play the game, and he looks like a 12-year-old boy mm-hmm. and has temper tantrums. And, like, yeah, he's very capable, but it's just, like... That, that's why the game is so fun, because it seems yeah. like from the moment it starts, it wants to be an anime so mm-hmm. bad, because all the characters are, like distinctly designed with the specific silhouettes there's no ambiguous design to anyone you can tell exactly who they all are they have these defined personalities that are built to play off each other like put me in a comic i god i need to be in a game or in a well, movie they had such anime super anime cutscenes in it too. yeah like so uh yeah the, the writing song, was just so good and it's oh uh, yeah just yeah. good t- translation as well uh so yeah lord laharl's him uh but then in the middle of talking about how tough he is it has stuff like He's uh he doesn't wash his hands in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, what an evil kid. His hobbies are staying up late playing with fire and laughing loudly. <laughs> Roughly translated. Uh well so we'll do that and um a song called Beautiful Rondo and then we'll be back.
castanets going in there? Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds very um, Spanish. So yeah, like again, like disguise one of those games where you play for seven. It was almost ten years ago now because it was two thousand three, mm-hmm. uh, and I played it for a couple of months back in 03, like when it first came. Again, like I was just reading reviews and like, oh, this two D game with sprites is going to be really big. It's it's got good reviews. So I'm like, I have to check this out. Like sprites are kind of a come on. An interesting thing that even happened at, in like mid to late PS2 era. Mm-hmm. So, and it must have been such like a uh, shocking success to NIS, like that it. Um, well, Atlas at the time. But. Well, Atlas too, but like, well, for NIS to want to sell, cause, yeah, because they were the developer and they probably went with Atlas because they didn't have an American arm right. at the time, you know. So, they decided to build up their own. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, and the, my one. Well, it's not a problem, but they definitely they re-released Disgaea so much. Like it, uh, they they've put th- them out so many times. Like well, they just made it available on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so enough people can enjoy them. The, the PSP Disgaea is really good. No, I know. Well, and the DS one wasn't bad either. It yeah, it was okay. But yeah, as far as handheld ones, I'd go with the PSP one. Uh, Afternoon of Darkness is what it was called. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's good. Um, and now, and Disgaea three is coming to the Vita. So oh, in is case it? you missed but it not, on the but not four, no, or no, I think it is. Well, no, it's three. It's definitely three. Wow, yeah. that's weird. That's how I found out East Four was coming. I was looking up Vita games. I'm like, I'm not even gonna get a Vita. And then oh, the remake of East Four is coming to Vita. <sighs> yeah, well, I'll be the one person buying it on launch day. The Persona, whenever 4. it shows up. Yeah, Persona Four remakes the only thing I'm really excited for on it. Closing us out this episode uh, is. And Carolyn perks up. It's uh, the, I guess, the opening to Artanelico. Uh, yeah, the opening of Artanelico one. Yeah, called and then Singing Hill. Singing Hill, and then Artanelico two has like a remix of it, kind of. It's mm. a different song, but it's like a reprise to Singing Hill or whatever. The reprise. It. Yeah, it's it's. But I, my favorite is the one, is the opening for one. Yeah, and it's uh, that's how you're greeted by the game, by the way. So like, yeah. if you want a sense of how much they do not back down from the kind of game they are, it's like, all right, <laughs> PS2 menu, put my disc in. Hit eject and oh my god! Thank you.